Welcome to the Warrior Women Project podcast, helping you become a warrior woman, sort your shit, and find better balance in your life. Welcome to another of the interview series with Warrior Women Project podcast. This is Jen, your Warrior Woman. And today I have Grace with me. Now, Grace, I met through a social media post in the Glasgow Girls Club. Um, Social media is excellent for networking and it's excellent for connecting with people that maybe are like-minded to yourself and getting to speak to people in real life and we're doing this online but we will no doubt catch up for a, a tea and a proper chat soon when we can get it scheduled into the diary but not just using social media to post your stuff out there but when people comment and things or asking questions so that you can actually have an interaction with them is really what social media for me is about so that you get to speak to interesting people and get to hear about other people's stories and then can then invite them onto the podcast and to share it and that's exactly what we're doing with Grace today. So Grace, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jen. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. I'm feeling really well. Thank you. Lovely and just ready for it. I'm up for it. (laughs) Fantastic. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what it is you do in the world? Okay. Um, I'll try and keep it fairly brief because it goes back a long way. Um, Really, uh, I was born quite a long time ago. (laughs) 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 So I've had many jobs and positions. (laughs) Um, But my name is Grace McCarthy. I live in uh, Newton Mounds in the south side of Glasgow. And I am now a life coach with hypnotherapy and NLP. And this is a fairly recent, this is within the last 18 months, a development. Um, right back in the beginning uh, of my working career, I was in television and film production. I started out at Scottish Television and then um, went on to, well, moved around to various TV stations and ended up going freelance and working for lots of different production companies. Um, and uh, that was great until my son came along and I couldn't do locations anymore couldn't be away from home just not conducive to family life I was a single parent so uh, nobody really to help look after the baby so I had to give that up and um, that was um, quite a quite a a, a mindset change really and um, eventually I moved back to Glasgow from Lincolnshire where I was living and after a couple of little part-time jobs I went to work for the civil service and that was such a shock to the system. Um, I, just, I really discovered that I didn't like that type of job at all. Um, and um, again, that instigated, I think I'd been, I think I'd already started my network marketing business by that time because something told me early on I wasn't going to like that uh, civil service job. So I'd already got into the personal development, the Tony Robbins staff, and I just thought, you know, I hate this job, but, you know, what's a good thing that can come about here? I'm going to get something else is going to come out of this. And um, I gave up and I just kept my network marketing business going for a long time. But after 
sort of 11, 12 years, I really was not feeling the passion for it anymore. Mm. I had done some youth coaching. I'd trained as a youth coach, again, through a connection on Facebook, um, trained as a youth coach and did that as a volunteer for a while. Loved that, but it fizzled out. Um, and uh, I met a coach and I loved I, I just told her, oh, you know, I think you've got an amazing job. I love what you do. And it made me think, I wonder if I should rekindle my, my coaching business. And, um, and as if by magic, I got a call out of the blue from uh, a project on the south side who's, who was looking at my Facebook page. They got me in to work with some young people and do some workshops. And at that time, I saw an advert for, because I thought I really need a bit of a refresher. I saw someone advertising their life coaching course, got on to that felt that the way that they were teaching that form of life was more relevant to today and it was more relevant to adults as well, I suppose. And it was fresh and vibrant and I thought, oh, I love this. So um, the only other thing was that I thought, well, I'll just do life coaching. But when I was doing that training, I realized that sometimes there was gaps and that other skills were required. Um, a touch of hypno uh, hypnotherapy and some NLP were quite useful to have and you could pull them in as and when you needed it with your coaching client. So I did those as well and then I went on to um, become um, a sort of an, app an apprentice to this uh, uh, tutor and he's been mentoring me and still does uh, while I'm setting up my business and getting it up and running. So that's uh, the journey all the way from when I started to... <laughs> <laughs> it's the flash highlights. <laughs> yes, quickly. So when we we spoke on the phone before we before we arranged this, and you had been telling me about your sort of lifestyle before your son had come along, you'd lived quite the, the high life, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find the adjustment from that to becoming a mum quite challenging, or did it was that did it feel like quite a natural smooth transition? Um, well, the good thing is that you get nine months to adjust to. <laughs> the shock <laughs> so um but it was it well do you know that there was a lot of uncertainty because um i was freelance so i was working for myself anyway um short contracts you know they might just be to could be anything from one day to a couple of weeks a couple of months in freelance world in television um and I was thinking about setting up a communications company and I just started looking into it and getting some things rolling on that when I discovered I was expecting and I thought, eek, <laughs> I will not be able to do this on my own uh, with a baby. And I was living down in uh, Lincolnshire at the time. It was a beautiful place, um, stunning scenery and everything, but it was very isolating as it turned out. So I, to be honest, that's one thing I've learned is I will never go back to living in the country again. I just found that became too isolating, especially when the baby came along. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to I had to make a decision. Things are going to change. Uh, I need to work, 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 build up my my finances, basically, so that when the baby came along, we'll see. We'll just we'll just see how it goes. But I could never, ever have imagined how I would have felt about that baby until it came because it was just like poof, this is the most amazing thing ever um and I just I just couldn't imagine life uh, any other way after that and I you know so besotted with this baby yeah and I could never have left him so you know when I, 
in the run up to having him, I thought, yes, yes, well, we'll, you know, we'll have the baby and within a couple of months I'll just, I'll be back on location and then I'll hire a nanny and we'll have a wee entourage and I'll be back into my size 10 jeans <laughs> within a month and uh, God, how, <laughs> how disillusional was I? <laughs> delusional and uh, of course it wasn't like that um, at all you know it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't a difficult birth but it was a long one and um, and I was exhausted and also was like you know I was I was an older mum you know so it took a long time to recover I had a cesarean so it took a long time to recover from that mm. much longer than I expected after six months I thought I was feeling good but a year after having the baby, I felt even better. So I wasn't fully recovered after yeah. six months. And you don't know that until another six months has gone by. Yeah. And you think, no, I, I am feeling strong now. Yeah. And, um, and oh, oh God, it took a little while to drop some of the weight. And, um, you know, I was, I was, it was a size 10 to 12 before that. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 adjusting, the good thing was that um, I, uh, I had very good contacts at the BBC where I had been working and they kept me supplied with a little bit of work. It was pin money really, but it was some script work that I could do from home and that was great. It just kept me in the loop with some people. Yeah. And uh, the baby was very demanding. He liked, uh, he liked to eat a lot and uh, feed rather and uh, so I was busy and I was exhausted and yeah um all the all the other things and of course being on my own as well I'm far away from family uh, at that point so you were um, still in Lincolnshire at this point I was still in Lincolnshire yeah. Yeah. so uh the great a great um source of friendship and encouragement came from the uh, National Childbirth Trust the NCT Mm-hmm. Um, now they have little groups of mums that meet for tea and coffee a couple of times a week. Boy, that was a great source of information and reassurance and uh, support. So yeah, I, yeah. I love that. Um, but yeah, I, I, so adjusting. No, I absolutely loved the baby, and you know, well, inseparable. <laughs> you know, that was I, that's what I wanted to do, and he so became the priority for everything. Yes. Yeah. So um, there was. I, I had no intention really of um, of going back to work per se and leaving him in a nursery because that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. And that I, I don't, as I said beforehand, that wasn't, hadn't been my thoughts. I, I couldn't have known that until I had the baby. Yeah. And I think for any mums uh, or any girls who are planning family at some point, you just never know how you're going to feel until the baby's actually in your arms. Yeah. You know, I think nobody can prepare you for it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do as much prep as possible. And I read all the books and everything. Oh, I was so well read <laughs> up. Um, but until the time he arrived, um, I just never imagined that I could feel that much love for this tiny little person. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. And, and I don't know. I think I just, um, although it was hard, you know, did kind of lack of sleep was the biggest problem because yeah. um, he woke up every couple of hours. So the lack of sleep for the first seven months was um, horrible. And I'm sure a lot of people would probably um, sort of agree with that. Uh, but, but you know, you get by it. And, uh, and I, um, I remember one of my good friends at the time saying, 
you know, I was a strong person. She says, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. She says, but the thing is, Grace, it's no good falling in a heap. You know, you're no, you're no good if you just collapse in a heap. Yeah. So I, I always knew, well, I've always, if I fall down, I've got to get back up again. Yeah. So that's, that's just what you're doing. That was always in my mind. I can't, I can't afford to just collapse in, in a heap and, you know, because uh, I had this little one to look after and myself. And I thought, no, no, I've got to keep going. Yeah. So you do, you get, you get tired, but you get out of it the, at the other end and yeah. you might be a bit battered and bruised and <laughs> pulled out of shape or whatever, but you know, you, you get there yeah. <laughs> and live to tell the tale. Yeah. And I think when you make those decisions, whether like you've made the decision not to go back into full-time work and put the baby into nursery and other people might choose to, or out of necessity, oh. have to go back to work and put their baby into, into uh, nursery. It's looking at your individual situation absolutely. and making the choice that is right for you and not judging yourself for it because there are always people who are going to judge you no matter what it is that you do. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. how can you not go back to work or how can you go back to work and leave your baby? And whatever you do, it's never right. I know. In society. So keeping that focus on yourself. Yes, um, absolutely. You're totally right that, you know, it is up to the individual girl and nobody should judge them anyway because we're all mums. We we're all in this club really together. And um, But yeah, some people have very strong feelings that you should stay at home and other girls say, look, I'm, it would drive me up the wall if I stayed at home all day. I want to yep. get back to work. And that's fine. I think you do have to do what's best for your sanity because at the end of the day, You've got you've still got to go home and look after that baby at some point. Yeah. And if you're you know, if you're not if if you're not um, you know, well adjusted to it, then mm. you know, there, there will be problems. So yeah. whatever and obviously financial situations for some people they have to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, and I was fortunate I had um I had enough money behind me from from what you know before when I was working. To support, to support is really for the first yeah. couple of years. So it wasn't, uh, I mean, well, I wasn't exactly flashing it everywhere. You know, <laughs> I, I had to be very careful what it was spent on. But it gave me the time that I personally wanted to spend with him. Yeah. And, um, and I think it paid off personally. Uh, we have a really good relationship. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's that adjustment of... Um, going from from working to to be another bedraggled looking mum <laughs> you know from from going from having your makeup done every day and um always you know oh yeah hey let, you know somebody called out hey let's go to the jazz festival in the Hague this weekend oh really yeah let's go yeah <laughs> and jump on a plane and go and have a great weekend and come back and go straight to work on Monday morning and uh oh, that was long gone <laughs> Yeah, your priorities all change. <laughs> but you know, it's fun, and I. The thing is, you've got to uh, sort of be. You've got to be in the moment, and yeah. and I did it. And at the time, you know, it, it was very hedonistic in a way. Not that I was reckless, but um, but yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, life um, the way I wanted to live it, and uh, that was spending time with my friends and and having fun. So. That was that was great, and then yeah. when I became a mum, I was a mum, and yeah. that was me. And that, and um, that was great. Yeah, yeah. 
absolutely. Yeah. So you touched on, on the importance of community for you. So obviously when you were down in Lincolnshire, you didn't have your your close friends and family there. So you connected with the, the group of mums there. And then you made the decision to move up. Do you think in sort of society we've lost that understanding of community and how important it is? Um, there's, there is little pockets of it. I think if, if, um, well, there's, there's two, there's two sets here, really. You're talking about the girls who are mums mm. and, uh, whether they're part-time or full-time at work, there's, there's usually some sort of group that they can get together with to talk about, well, maybe anything other than baby, but babies usually come into it. So, so there's the mum set, um, mums and babies set, and there's loads of, well, I, I honestly would encourage anyone to get in touch with NCT and find where the local group is, because it's marvellous, and it was a bit of a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, like when, like when he was, uh, when the baby was about a month old, and uh, five or six weeks old maybe, and I was saying, oh God, I think I must have boiled these baby grows or something, they've shrunk, and I'm going, no, he's grown. <laughs> <laughs> you need bigger baby girls. Oh right, <laughs> and, um, and things like uh, when he was about five months old, and he'd been such a good baby, really, apart from wanting fed all the time. But he was really quite easygoing, and he was kind of garney, and oh, I was doing my head in. And um, and one of the girls said, "Well, I think he's teething," and I thought, "Ding!" I never thought about that. Yeah, so that was you know just stuff like that that you when you're a first time mum is like what <laughs> never thought about that um and yeah that's what it was so you know so having that is great for single girls who are working in in business um there there is a lot of online there is a lot of online um social media groups there are a lot of networking groups which um can be hard work sometimes but sometimes the all girl ones are good and especially if you're new to business you can go along to the business gateway women into business and they're really supportive mm. and you're going and not threatening at all and you don't have to feel you, you won't wouldn't ever feel out of place there but for the girls who are in business and and um you know support for them maybe they don't have have children so that you know they're out there working all the time and you know they don't have to rush home because there's no kids needing fed and everything so they're out there they're busy working and to look after themselves and um i that's that's where maybe the the kind of community doesn't reach that 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 crowd of girls mm. um they have you know but you should really keep hold of your good girlfriends and go out and talk about anything other than business yeah talk about something else entirely but you know just to keep yourself grounded and to keep yourself just feeling like normal and that you're not all your you're not your business all the time 24 7 because that's not healthy i don't think you've really got to um have some normalcy somewhere so um you know, it could fall down a bit there, you know, um, and I, I know some girls, that they're just working so hard the whole time, and, um, you know, they're not my age group, so 
I don't feel kind of like, oh, hey, you know, because I'm like, well, do you want to go for a cup of tea? And they're like, oh, no, we're going cocktails. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. So that's, that's, um, that's really important to keep in touch with friends yeah. um, and, and network if you can, but find some buddies and, and really spend, um, you know, or, or mark out some time in your, in your calendar for the month to actually go and have a cup of tea or a coffee or a cocktail one evening and build up some good friendships because yeah. what I see a lot of the networking is really just they're kind of they're marketplaces in disguise there's people go along to networking and they just want to sell you their product yeah and uh, or you and I saw a girl doing this recently she just worked the room she went around she was giving out her business card like confetti and I thought do you know she's not gonna that's she's not building relationships if anything she should be gathering in and then making a point of contacting those yeah. people but even at that it's even there might be 50 people in the room but if you can talk to one or two people on a much deeper level yeah. that's more beneficial to you than just go, hi hi you know air yeah. kissing air kissing um you know here's my business card swap card you've really got to spend time and when you meet up um talk about social things and what you like that's not business yeah to see whether they're a match because i think in business um I, you don't always have to like the person that you're doing business with but it helps yeah and um, depends what the business is but yeah build it, good friendships and relationships yeah it's almost like dating like when you start to make more connections yeah. whether it's business relationships or new friendships because some of my my closest friends that I have in my life just now I've met through online so we've been in the same group and it's like oh do you want to go for tea and go and have a cat and you meet the person and then some people you meet and you go oh they were nice but they're not yeah, and then other people are like, "Oh my God, you're like my soul sister," and <laughs> you then yeah. make friends with them, and that might develop into business collaborations, or it might just be like an awesome friendship to have. And yeah, yeah, and it's absolutely yeah, absolutely. And I think with the the way that the world is now, if so much stuff is online, it's good to have those connections where you speak to people, but then actually go and meet them in real life as well. Really, that's where, yeah. Absolutely, totally, totally, hundred percent there because because um, it is so much online. I could yeah. I could work all day out of my attic office yeah. and do skypes and zooms with people, phone calls all day long, yeah. and then the only person I would see is my son Thomas coming in from school, what his lunch, what his dinner. That's it could it could be that way, yeah. and uh, that's just not living. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you've really got to get out there and um, sometimes you don't want to, but, but you have to. You know, it's so hard to shake those Uggs off. You know? I know, I know. There's days where I've been in the house and I've been online all day and then I go out to teach a class in the evening and when I get out to teach the class, I'm either, you can't shut me up because I'm like, oh my God, there's real people. Or I'm like, oh my God, I can't be bothered speaking. Just work your way through the class, go through the motions. And it's like, it's one extreme or the other. But yeah. Sometimes having, it's like you meet someone and you have to tell them absolutely every single thing that you've done that day because <laughs> you haven't told anyone else. Yeah, it's like I need to offload, I need to offload. So the getting out and actually seeing people and being able to even get a hug from somebody. 
just oh. Like, oh it's just you need that in your life especially if you have an online business or you work from home where you don't get to actually see and connect and touch people it's yeah, so so important yeah definitely I'm so with you there <laughs> yeah yeah, so before we started recording, we were talking a lot about meditation, or kind of touched on meditation. What is your experience with meditation? Oh, it's been lovely, that's all I can say. Um, I met a girl, oh, 10, 10, easily 10 years ago, 11 years ago. She did feng shui, and uh, she came around to my house to do some feng shui. And she should have come for an hour. She stayed three because we're not talking so much. And uh, she said, you know, you should try meditation. I said, I'd love that, but I don't know how to. She said, oh, well, go along to the Buddhist Centre in Glasgow because there's Mm. stuff going on there. So I went online and sure enough, that very couple of days later on the Friday, they were just about to start a six-week a meditation course every Friday and it was for specifically for parents if you had little ones you could take them along and there was somebody else there to look after them and so every Friday morning from about uh, 10 till about 12 we just um, we just gathered there and we did some meditation it was guided and um, and that was lovely and we had a chance to meet and I still I'm still in touch with a couple of those girls today mm. and uh, you know, it was so, and and the teacher as well. Funnily enough, she came back in into contact with me in the last year. Um, so that was lovely, and I and I thought, oh, I can do this. You know, so even if it was just for ten minutes or twenty minutes, I could find. And my my spiritual spot, <laughs> according to my feng shui friend, uh, is in the corner. Is in the turn of the staircase in my house. Oh. <laughs> Which sounds a bit like uncomfortable, but there's actually a nice little spot there. Yeah. Um, and even if I just sit there for 10, 15 minutes in a quiet space. So that's that's where it started. And I tried to meditate um, as, as many days as possible after that as I could. But of course, you know how sometimes life gets in the way. And then uh, I think a few years ago, uh, four years ago, I got involved in a project uh, which is self-discovery. And they didn't call it meditation, but one of the things we did every day was just to sit. Mm. And it was using a book uh, by Charles Hanel called uh, The Master Key System. And one of the exercises on that was just to sit still every day for at least 15 minutes. And uh, sometimes you could think about things. Sometimes you just try and keep your head as, as empty as possible. So that act of sitting and, and uh, that project was brilliant. And that just kind of reinforced it. That had the most powerful effect because there was a lot more people involved that I was still in touch with, um, you know, sort of 50, 60, 100 people. Mm. Everyone was sitting at, at some point every day, usually at the start of their day, they would get up and they would sit. And, um, and it had the most powerful effect. And my friends were all saying, you know, I'm so glad I got into this. So they didn't call it meditation, yeah. but it, it was a form of meditation. Mm. And and I still maintain that every single day. You sit silently. Yeah, because they sit, um, the, the, I can't remember the guy's name who wrote the book, The Miracle Morning, but that's one of his things is sit quietly. 
doesn't uh, again, does Al, Alrod, is it? Hal. Yes, yeah, that's Hal right. So yeah. again, he doesn't call it meditation. He's just like sit quietly and then do yeah. some journaling. So in that first hour, it's about creating space in your own head for your own your own yeah. things and your own development. And you think, oh, I've just been lying asleep all night. Why do I need to go and sit quietly? But the benefits it has over the rest of yeah. the day are unbelievable. Yeah. I, the first thing I do when I get up is go and meditate for 20 minutes. And sometimes it's sitting quietly focusing on my breath. Sometimes uh, I've got a Tibetan drum. Sometimes I'll go and play the drum if I feel a bit agitated when I wake Ooh. up. Like just depends. I tune into how I feel that day and then adjust what it is that I want to do based around Fantastic. that energy that I feel. And, I, and it's it then yesterday, for some reason, when I got up, I, w- I felt really agitated and didn't. I was like really unsettled. But when I then went and spent that time sitting quietly, it released it yeah. for the rest of the day whereas if I hadn't done that I would have spent the rest of the day feeling on edge and having my, my stress levels up and up and oh, up and yeah. then by the end of the day I would have been exhausted from it. So. If you ever if you ever go to bed and a situation is unresolved or you're waiting to hear something and you know you're off, working off your phone go to bed get up the next day oh I wonder what's happened you know big mistake going straight onto your phone in the morning yeah. to there's a response from someone and and it just does the day just feels totally out of whack really uh, and exhausting whereas if you just mindfully say I'm not ready to start that part of the day yet there's still me and um and I find as I say I've I've been going to uh been going to the gym first thing in the morning going in the swimming pool and it's almost like meditating in the swimming pool Mm, because I'm going up and down and I don't even remember <laughs> half the time um, going up and down but it's in it's just the peacefulness and the and the and the um, I was going to say the routine but it's the the um, what's the word I'm looking for just the rhythm of it really yeah. Um, yeah. of swimming and and being at peace and um, enjoying the quiet lovely absolutely yeah. lovely really beneficial yeah there's some some information out there about being in water and about how beneficial it is because you're always being touched because the water's touching your skin Ooh. and as you're swimming up and down the pool every single movement you make you've constantly got that touch on your body and there's wow. there's an additional benefit even just yeah. going, if you're not a swimmer even just getting immersed in water so i have a bath every single night um Wow. And just being in the bath, and I put some salts and nice oils and things like that in it, but and that's absorbing into the skin. But it's just the touch of the water, your whole body. Oh, I must look it's, into that. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really yeah. interesting, and the beneficial effects that it has on the body. You just think, oh, I'm just going in for a swim, but actually, there's more to it than that. Ooh, lovely. Well, I, yeah. do you know? I think it's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. excellent. So, yeah, meditation is brilliant. So what I've got some friends coming round tonight, actually, um, just to my house, just a small group of uh, five or six and me. And um, and we're going to do some meditation tonight. And some of them are feeling a bit stressed at the moment. So I thought this would be a nice thing to do. It's something I'd like to do regularly. Um, have some ideas for, for more mindful, creative sort of um, self-discovery, self-healing type activity. Mm. And I thought I'd start with um, tonight and I'd do, I'll do i do mindfulness of breathing, which is a, a Buddhist 
uh, meditation and we'll stop for a cup of chamomile mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we'll go back and we'll do a meta bhavna oh, which is that. loving kindness mm-hmm. and i think um when you're talking about community and and maybe feeling disconnected i think the meta bhavna is uh, meditation is one way you connect with yourself first of all mm-hmm. meta bhavna translation roughly is loving kindness yeah. Um, and you have to have that for yourself um, and you have to have it for other people and even people that you don't get on with that well maybe someone you've had an argument with um, and then the wider community like the whole of Glasgow and yeah. Scotland and then widen it out and um, you know and I think it's great when you're doing that on your own even if you've just got a wee group of six six or seven people um, there's a lot of power in that and there's a, a really nice energy in the room when, when you're doing that sort of thing. And, uh, and so so I'm doing that tonight and I think that will go down quite well. Yeah. So, well at least I hope it does. Um, but funny you're saying that um, community, I, I meditate on my own fine, no problem, but I, I can't remember a year or so ago, there was something going on in the world that wasn't very nice. I can't remember what the exact incident was, but I was feeling quite perturbed and, and uh, I don't know, there was a bombing somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. And it really, it upset me for some reason more than, than it normally would do. And rather just uh, than meditate on my own, I actually went back to the Buddhist center and into one of their drop-in sessions when I knew there was going to be other people because the power of, of meditating with others in a room and um, just it's it's that thing of um the, the the whole is greater than the sum of the individual parts yeah. so you know so meditating in a group is a really good thing to do as well yeah it's a good there's it amplifies the energy and if you yeah. feel a little bit off other people's energy can help calm you down it's like when you walk into a room if people have been having an argument you feel that energy if you're walking yeah. into a room where people are all going to be meditating together there's that nice supportive yeah. compassionate calming um yeah energy the, i love that um meta avna meditation is there's research with that I, I'm, I'm all about the research um there's research about that that shows that it helps reduce inflammation in the body because it stimulates the oxytocin because you're you're being compassionate and when you're thinking about sending out that love to yourself and sending out that love to others whether it's somebody you like or somebody you've had an argument with or the whole world that helps stimulate the oxytocin and helps reduce inflammation within the body so it can has that additional healing benefit as well it's wonderful fascinating you you do feel really at peace afterwards Mm, yeah you know and it's got to have a knock-on effect with either the rest of your day if you do it early or if, if that's what you do before you go to bed at night yeah um, you probably sleep a lot more peacefully and restfully and waking up feeling feeling good. I think that's a great thing for your mindset. Um, yes. You know, because a lot of people are just too busy and they're anxious. It's chatter, chatter monkey mind. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's that, it's that nice calmness and, you know, kindness. And people are quite hard on themselves sometimes. They beat themselves up about stuff. Yeah. And uh, we've all been guilty of that. Yeah. You know. Self-criticism. <laughs> oh, God. <isn't laughs> 101. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. What uh, I'll do is I'll put a link in the show notes to how people can do the me- that makes bad 
um, meditation because there's like a, I've got like a wee script thing that I go through yeah. with mine so that, that they can get access to that. There's a lot of people, I don't know about you when you're speaking to people about meditation, but a lot of people tell me they don't have time to do it. They're too busy to fit it in. And it's how do you convince people that if they spend that five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes doing some meditation, they will actually be more productive? How do you encourage that with people? Um, you can only really give your own sort of example of it, I guess, and also just encourage them to get up and walk to that box in the corner and press the off button. Yeah. Um, because too many people think they're exhausted after the day, they want a bit of moving wallpaper and that's what the telly provides. But in fact, it's not soothing them, it's not relaxing them at all. They'd be far better to... Um, uh, if if they can, you know, obviously, whenever, it only takes 20 minutes. And they, even if they just go into their own bedroom or they've got a, a dining room or somewhere that they can just shut the door and just sit very peacefully. And if they've got a partner, say, look, do you mind just, can I just not be disturbed for the next 20 minutes? And it's that's all it is, 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's so much more beneficial than watching a bit of silly telly. Even yeah. If, you know, Telly was my career, you know. I couldn't have told people not to watch telly before. But, <laughs> but I think it's... Um, but I, the way I think, I can't concentrate on television now. Yeah. I'd rather uh, go and do something else or even just go to bed because getting up at half five, I'm knackered by, <laughs> by about <laughs> half nine, ten o'clock. So I want to yeah. go to bed. But I, I'm actually... Um, and sleep is another thing that's really, really important and most yeah. people are short of. Mm. I think they can get by on less than sort of um, eight or seven hours and um, really the knock-on effect, the science behind that now is showing that <clears throat> actually it's really detrimental to your health to get by on, on less than that time. So all those people getting by on six, you know, five, six hours a night the, you know the accumulative effect of that over a long period of time and I, I know that from having you know um, been sleep deprived for a long time with having a baby and then a cat that wanted up um, early in the morning I was cranky I was aggressive and uh, I was short and I you know I was all over the place gosh life is much more flowing now just yeah. because I make the choice well do you know what I don't have this fear of missing out. I know someone said to me once, oh, I don't like going to bed early in case I miss something. I kind of know what you mean, but to be honest, you're in your living room, so <laughs> you're not going to miss much. Switch yeah. um, the telly off and go to bed and read or journal for 10, 15 minutes. Um, just write down, even if you've had the worst day ever, write it down uh how you would have preferred it to have gone mm. and always be grateful for something even if it was just someone making you a cup of tea or the cleaner came and cleaned the house for you or yeah. you know somebody was nice to your kid or whatever and you you'd be grateful for for something you know a lot of people oh, you know I'm not grateful for anything really well that's a shame because yeah. there's always lots to be be grateful for being able to breathe yeah <laughs> Or yeah, your eyes for being able to see and your yeah. touch Absolutely. sensors for being able to touch, that there's so much. I think so. And yeah. um, and even just being grateful for the time to sit and, and meditate for 20 minutes or just sit and be still. Um, 
to give you that clarity. You know, there's so having a you know they they don't call it. You can buy journals for less than a pound out of home bargains, and you know, yeah. but buy yourself a nice wee pen or something just to and. You know that's that's great. So don't just go to bed and pull the covers over. Sit and do that, or listen to a wee bit of music, um, some jazz or something nice and soft, and drift away and get up and do something in the morning. But, you know, I I do totally appreciate it because I've been there myself. I know how hard and exhausting it was when my kid was young <clears throat> and we had a cat that got up the crack of dawn. Um, it was. If somebody told me, oh yeah, you can find out. Grabbed them by the throat. So you tell me I've got another half an hour somewhere. You know, I, I know, but I did. I did. I didn't didn't see it at the time. Yeah. Because I prioritised something else. Yeah. I thought something else was more beneficial. It wasn't. And even if it's um, standing in the supermarket queue, or if you're sitting at red traffic light, just taking a few moments to focus on your breath while you're there, just. You're, when you're waiting on something, because we spend a lot of time in queues waiting on things. So there yeah. are there are those moments if you think I don't have time to go and sit down, just take snapshots of opportunity. And the more you you do that, then you start to feel the benefits, which then maybe would entice you to prioritise fifteen twenty minutes to go and sit. Yeah, and I do. You just you just reminded me of uh, part of the project I was. Um, I was doing a couple of years ago, the self-discovery thing. Um, we got those little index cards. And um, a good thing is just to write down something that you've achieved and write a whole bunch, maybe um, three cards every other day, achievements that you've had, um, places that you've been, and and actually build up a little stack of these cards. And sometimes when you've just got, you're, I don't know, you're at the doctor's or the dentist waiting to go in, flick through those cards. Mm. and just remind yourself of the things that you've done yeah um that's really nice actually mm. and you know i used to carry a bundle of them in my handbag they're all raggedy now <laughs> um yeah just flick through them gosh you know and it brought back some nice memories as well and add to it yeah um and also uh some you know some goals that you something that you're looking forward to something you would wish to achieve as well and write it as if it's already done yeah yeah so write it as a statement in the present tense yeah and um and those little things are are quite good um but i but but i'm all about having a per you know defining your purpose for being here Find out what it is, what's your definite major purpose in life. What would you say to somebody if they were like, I just don't know, I just don't know, and getting ad almost agitated about the fact that they didn't know what their purpose was? Oh, uh, well, uh, most people don't. Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's the most response you get. Well, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what the purpose is. How would yeah. you encourage somebody to settle with that a bit better? Um, okay, so... The reason that they don't know is they haven't spent any time really thinking about it. That's that's the crux of it. Yeah. And there's no other way around it but to go, do you know what? I've got a morning off or I'm going to find a couple of hours, <clears throat> unplug the phone, put the dog out, kids are away at grannies or whatever, and don't turn the radio on, don't turn the telly on, just silence. 
and that bit it scares people because mm. they're so used to and they're like oh I like having noise and everything that they never give themselves the quiet space to just be and put themselves in a room by themselves with some blank paper and a pen and just sit and think what would I like to do be or have and a lot of people, their heads are so cluttered. Oh, it'll take them a while. It's just write the things down. Just start to write. And for the first 20 minutes or so, a whole load of garbage will come out. The clutter, the, the, the stuff that's in there will come out. And it will make no sense, probably. But after a while, things will start to come through. They'll start to settle. And go, oh, hang on. And... You got to be realistic, you know, because if you know if if you're if you're fifty odd and you say, "Oh, well, I want to be a spaceman," the chances are you're probably not going to be an astronaut. So, or you know, you want to be a rock yeah. star. Well, you're probably not going to do it if you're just starting out. But if you're in your twenties and you want to do something, why not? Why should why should you not be able to do that? Yeah, somebody's you know, got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you start to write things down and start to just write, write and write and write more. And it will start to, things will start to come out. And then allow yourself about two hours to do this whole exercise. Yeah. Two hours of peace and quiet, no distractions. Don't go and make yourself a cup of tea. Just make yourself sit here and do this exercise and eventually things will start to come out and then you can prioritize them well do you know i could do you know, you think well i could do this and this and this then put a time scale on it how would it how long would that take the thing is that time is going to pass anyway so you might as well can't just say oh it's too, long, it's too late for me now i should have done it last year well it doesn't matter if a year's gone by and those are people did it then and you feel like you've missed the boat. You've not. Nobody's missed the boat. Yeah. Start now because it will, you know, time will go by anyway. And the worst thing that you could ever have happened to you, I think at the end of your life is to have regrets about things that you didn't do. Yeah. So give it, a, give it your all. Now, you've also got to find out, you know, what, what are your personal pivotal needs? what kind of um and it's part of the project that that i did i was part of um it might be true health you know it might be recognition for creative expression um it might be autonomy liberty free you know all these sort of things what is important to you mm. what is it that you need for me I think because um, I think because you know, my son's 18 now, and I freely made the choice to to be a mom and to look after him, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. Even though there's times when you know could have torn my hair out with you know, frustration, <laughs> but uh, when I look back on it, it was an absolute joy. But that was. Um, you know, and, and he didn't go to after school clubs and stuff, so I've always been around for him. And <clears throat> um, he didn't go to his dad's every other weekend and stuff like that, so I've always had him. And so, how I feel now is I really don't want to be tied down or too committed to something that I have to do all the time mm. because I feel as if part, that part of my life, I really, I, you know. I, I was committed and I put my all into that. So I don't want to, I feel like I'm going, you know, things have changed now. 
I'm in the, say, the last trimester of my life. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't want to be tied down. I had, I thought what would have been great would have been to start up a dodgeball league because uh, my kid loved dodgeball and I trained as a dodgeball referee. <laughs> and I thought, oh, do you know, we could have, there isn't any clubs in Glasgow. Maybe I could start up a little dodgeball league for kids and uh, we can do it after school. We could do weekends. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. And then I kind of slapped myself around the face and went, what do I want to do that for? That means I have to be here every week and every weekend. Yeah. I don't really want that. Mm-hmm. So while it was a great idea, it was totally against what I really wanted, yeah. which was the, the, the autonomy to do what I wanted when I wanted. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's not being selfish. Um, that's, that's me being my, my best self is being, being able to move around freely and not be tied down to any one thing. So, um, so, so that idea went out, (laughs) (laughs) but it was great. It came out and, and, um, and so what I've, what, what, how it's all transpired and the universe collaborates with you. Yeah. I've got this amazing business now where I'm helping people and I can be anywhere I want. Yeah. Because I can do it online largely. So I can go and find a beach as long as there's an internet connection, <laughs> as long yeah. as there's Wi-Fi, um, you know. So so it's perfect. Yeah. So you've got to find it, but there's no. I wish you know there was an easy way, but that's in some ways that's what people want. They want a quick fix all the time. Yeah. They don't want to do the hard work, mental labor, the hard work of figuring out what it is they're here for. They know, they know exactly what they're here for, but they've just not sat down and honestly and with integrity and authentically put themselves down on paper and planned it. For some reason, people seem happier to work really, really hard for other people, but not for themselves. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. How mad is that? Yeah. Is that, that's because they don't feel that... don't feel they're worth it you know is, is that a, a self-worth thing yeah. you know because they think that someone else is worth doing it for it could be a self-worth thing and also a cultural thing because when you go to school it's you go to school to listen to the teacher and behave for the teacher and you're working hard so that you can go and get a job to work hard for whoever it is that you go to work for I don't know I think things have changed slightly now but certainly when I was at school if you didn't work hard and put the effort in you wouldn't get a good job and I took care of um yeah I mean I think that's it was that conditioning yeah and that, that came from probably the 50s and 60s when there was plenty of work yeah post-war industrialization there was jobs for everyone mm. and then the you know the 60s 70s and then you know the politics took over and, and a lot of stuff was shut down um but there was still that oh you know work hard at school and you'll get a good job and then there came a time when there wasn't the jobs yeah so people were going to school going to university with fantastic degrees and coming out and there was no work for them yeah so um, and I think that some of that is still true today. I had a break from networking for a while. And when I went back after a couple of years, 
what I noticed and I mentioned to some people is it's amazing the amount of young people who are at these business networking groups. Previously, it was all older men in suits mm. and um, ladies in suits with high heels and stuff, and all very corporate looking. But in the networking groups now, there's a bunch of fabulous 20-year-olds who are all who are looking, you know, who are all doing business for themselves. And some of them said, well, we've had to because, you know, we couldn't get a job. And, yeah. But they had this idea. But previously, people never thought about working for themselves. Yeah, or it was seen as a secondary thing. It wasn't seen as a positive thing. Like, oh, you can't get a job, so you've had to do your own. Yeah, yeah I, it suppose, wasn't. I suppose as well, you know, you know, your parents were like, oh, it's a bit risky going into work for yourself. And, you know, I'm sure it is, but you, you take calculated risks. Yeah. And you have to have the courage of conviction. You've got to, you've got to come up with a good idea that's sustainable because yeah a lot of businesses you know bad planning bad management they went down the pan yeah so you got to you got to have a, a, a good sustainable uh, business and be adaptable to change mm. um, because for sure that's that's what you're going to have to do yeah i was quite fortunate that my dad on and off over the years of my lifetime had always had worked for himself and worked for businesses so i saw his experience from both sides and then he went back into business for himself up until he retired. But my mum had always had been a teacher. So she went back when my brother started primary school. She then went back to work full time as a teacher. And somebody's ringing the doorbell. Um, <laughs> don't know who that is because I'm at my mum's house. <laughs> I'm, looking after, I'm looking after the dog. Well, no, she's away in New York, so it's definitely not her. Um, so, yeah, my mum always had a job and she was always like, should you not have a job? And I did have a job for a while and I hated it. So I ditched it and did my own thing. But because my dad had been in and out of that, it didn't seem as alien to my parents who, because one of them had been in a job and one of them hadn't. I'm going to take you with, hang on to I'm going to pause this recording a wee second. Okay. Give me a second. No worries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've one lady at the door. Perfect. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were talking about self-employed there. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, all, yeah. it's all very interesting indeed. But I think it's fabulous that you um, that you said that uh, you were in a job that you hated and thought, no, I'm, I'm can't, not staying here. And mm. I think that's different now today, whereas a lot of people stayed in there, and I suppose an age thing probably, but a lot of people stay in jobs just for the money yeah, um, because it's, well, you know, whatever now I'm not against it I think it's your attitude towards it you could be in a job that you absolutely hate but as long as you realize well it pays the bills until I yeah and then or it gives you the freedom to do other things like travel or whatever yeah or to or to start another business now you might have to work hard if you're working a job during the day and starting up a business doing stuff in the evening but eventually one you know the mm. one will take over you know, it's your it's your mindset really, but I, you know, don't stay stuck in a job that you hate just for the money. Yeah. Um, for for long anyway. Um, get out and do your own thing. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's room for everyone. That's what I feel. Yeah. You always see that thing saying, somebody thought up. You know those noodle things that you get for the pool, and all it is <laughs> is a foam tube. Somebody created that and made that their business. <laughs> like. <laughs> I know. And when you go into the Lego shop, there is people paid to play with Lego. 
So no matter what, whether you think your ideal life is crazy or not, people are paid to play video games. People are paid to go to the movies. People are paid to taste tea. Yeah. It's like there is a job for everything out there, especially now because people are looking for reviews for things. They're looking for feedback yeah. for things like there's so many opportunities out there that really the world completely is your oyster and with the, as long as you've got a wi-fi connection you can take an online business anywhere in the world so you don't have yeah. to be where you were born you can absolutely take it off and go anywhere yeah. yeah yeah but have a plan i think you know, have a bit of a plan and um you don't have to be rigidly stuck to it but have mm. some sort of uh, map of reference for where you're going sort of yeah. thing um, and make it work because because ultimately you know it's all about um, uh, you know people don't like talking about money but you know money <clears throat> affords you great things yeah uh, a nice lifestyle lifestyle travel if you want to take on a mentor to help you you know become what you want to be um, a good mentor will cost money and if you've got that you can pay for a good one yes so uh, and and you can be really philanthropic about it and give it away to charity and stuff so um you know money is important yes and when you don't have it there's always that opportunity that people will do business swaps as well like when you're first starting out when you don't have the cash there to get on the first and second rungs of the ladder you can go approach people and ask to do skill swaps yes i've done that a lot um and i still do that with people that come to me and they say they want help with coaching or personal training or something and I'll swap that for something else that they've got of value that, that helps and yeah and it works and and also gives you both that hand holding of you've got somebody there to support you to take you yeah. to the next level and you're taking them to the next level so yeah. just if you are if you're thinking I'm cash poor I can't do that there is other ways, other ways around it. Yeah, Re- reaching out people. I think the skill swap thing is a is a fantastic idea. Yeah, I'm planning to do some of that myself. Um, shortly, so yeah. I'm looking forward to it because, and again, it's this thing about collaborating and community, or at least you know, not being on your own behind a computer all day. You actually, yeah. step out and and um, and join up with people and, and help them, and they'll help you in turn. Yeah. Just think it's lovely i absolutely love that idea and as well because everything costs you know there, there's a cost to a lot of things if you can if you can zero the cost and swap that's yep. brilliant yep. That, and as you say especially if you're starting up you might be a bit strapped for cash so mm. fantastic yeah it's a good way to end up yeah definitely back to the good old days of bartering <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's not the oldest profession in the world, I wouldn't get very much. (laughs) Not these days. (laughs) Oh, goodness. That's taking this podcast down a whole other avenue. (laughs) Goodness. going to start to wind this podcast up because I'm very aware of the time and you're you're busy and I've got other things lined up as well so I want to thank you very much Grace for being on today's podcast it's been totally 
all over the place, but also very succinct and we covered some really awesome, awesome things in this podcast. Well, thanks ever so much, Jenna. I've absolutely loved it. I feel totally, totally flattered that you asked me along. <laughs> and I just love talking to you. I think this is an amazing series. And um, I don't know if I've helped anyone, but, um, you know, if anyone gets anything from this, I'll be, I'll be glad. Um, There's lots of nuggets in this one, definitely. Well, I think someone said, to, you know, and I realised myself, um, you know, at, at my age, switching careers again, um, I haven't even daunted me whatsoever. Maybe because I still feel, <laughs> I'm not quite 21, but you know, I still feel a lot younger. But it hasn't even bothered me the thought of changing career, and you can do that at any time. Yeah. You know, as long as you've got a good enough idea and you've got the skills to back it up. <clears throat> yeah. So you know, off anywhere. Yeah. I hope someone finds things. I'm sure. I am sure without a doubt that they will. Thank you very much for being here. Great stuff, Jen. Well, listen, take care.